Cool. Yeah, awesome to have you um, with us, Ben. So, um, as we know, uh, Ben's just set up the Psychic Selling office, um, and we've got the exciting things to talk about this week of tax. So, that, um, obviously, no one enjoys paying tax, but if you hurt yourself, you like going to a hospital and being fixed, um, you like driving on the roads, and we like sending our kids to school. So, it is a necessary evil of a, a civilized world. Um, but look, there's been some recent changes to tax that I think it's really important that we do get a grasp of. Um, but equally, you know, we don't expect our clients to understand tax like accountants do, like we do, okay? So there's some probably fundamentals that I think it's really worth discussing today. Um, and of course, you know, we want to do this as well because with Ben being relatively new to our team and with us having a new office in Selwyn, you know, we're really keen to get the word out there to Selwyn because obviously we know there's a a lot of uh, businesses there that probably need a bit of help and are suffering a bit under this COVID situation. So, um, first things first, Ben. So, um, one of the things that have just recently changed with tax is the um, change in provisional tax. So, look, there's probably quite a bit of uh, unknowns around provisional tax anyway, uh, so we can probably cover that. But, we, you know, in very simple terms, Provisional tax, what is it, why do we pay it, and what's the new change in it? Righto, so the IRD don't like waiting until the end of the year to get their cash. Right. Um, like small businesses, they like that cash flow. Um, most individuals pay their tax via PAYE throughout the year, um, but for a lot of businesses and a lot of sole traders, they don't do that. So the way prop tax works is uh, we estimate what your tax bill is gonna be at at the end of the year, uh, we use your prior year uh, tax bill to do that, um, and then you pay your tax and instalments throughout the year um, so that there's no lumpy payment at the end of the year, and that just helps small businesses spread that further throughout the year. The, um, the flip side of that is as well, um, no one likes having that massive bill at the end of the year, you know, so um, that's surprising. Oh, by the way, your tax bill's mm. yeah, $12,000 or whatever. A lot easier if you've already probably paid, you know, seven or eight or what. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and so the, the changes that they made is that uh, the prop tax threshold uh, previously was only two and a half k, and that has been lifted up to five k for the twenty twenty one financial year. Uh, so that'll mean um, I think the idea is said that there's around about ninety five thousand companies that will benefit from that, um, and it just means that they can keep that cash in their business during the year. And pay it at the end of the year. I think the reality is, though, a lot of small businesses will want to chip away at that rather than making that large payment at the end of the yeah. year. So it might not have too much of an impact, but the option is there to just delay that and keep the cash in the business. Because the old principles still remain, don't they? That we don't use tax for cash flow. Mm. You know, you do, you use your tax for cash flow. That's when we tend to find that um, you come on stock come year end because where's the where's the tax? Ah. We've spent it. Yeah. Um, can you can you explain to me though when you say that threshold of two and a half k? What? How does that? Where does the rubber hit the road on that? So how do we calculate whether it's two and a half k or five k? And how do we pay right. it usually? Righto. So um, what we ordinarily do is we look at uh, your previous year's tax bill. And if your terminal tax bill at the end of that year was uh, less than two point five k, you don't have to pay prop tax. If your uh, tax bill was more than the 2.5k, then you have to start paying provisional tax. I guess, like I said, that applies to 
um, a lot of a lot of small businesses, but mm. the inc increase in that threshold will mean that a lot of businesses don't have to do that. And that's per payment, is it two and a half k per payment? Ah, uh, no. So it's a two two point five k overall. So, um, what would your typical earning be then if you're, that was your provisional tax? Um, so if you're a company, um, you're paying twenty eight cents in the dollar. Um, so let's say uh, you made a profit at the end of the year of ten k, you'd pay uh, two point eight k of tax. Cool. So that gives you kind of a gauge as to what you're looking at there. Yeah. And then if you had a couple of individuals in the business as well, with another, you know. Uh, that rate probably if they're never in say 15 to 20k each then they're part of that as well. yeah it's going to capture a lot of shareholder salary uh shareholders that uh take a shareholder salary at the end of the year um ordinarily um if you're paying poa you just pay that throughout the year mm. but a lot of um a lot of businesses will declare that shareholder salary at the end of the year which then results in those shareholders having to pay off tax throughout the year yeah perfect perfect monica i understand you had a question as well for for ben yeah, no. Um, the one of the other one of the changes that's come about is um, the threshold for um, writing off um, assets for depreciation. I guess um, we're as accountants we're familiar with depreciation, but I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to the purpose of depreciation and what these new changes mean. Righto. Um, so depreciation applies to assets. So ordinarily when you're making purchases in your business, um, it's expected that those expenses kind of only last a short period of time. Um, for assets, so if you think of something like a desk, uh, ordinarily you're gonna get the benefit of using this desk over a number of years. Therefore, writing it off as an expense in one year um, doesn't quite fit right. So what we do is we estimate how long you're gonna get a useful life out of that asset, and then we'll recognize uh, that cost that you might ordinarily expense in one year over several years via depreciation. Um, two ways of doing that, the, the common ones are straight line, where you just recognize a single amount each year until, until you use the full value of that asset, or diminishing value where we recognize that you get the most benefit, of it, benefit out of it in the early years, and then as those years go by, um, the assets degrade, you don't get as much use value, out of them, yeah. and they lose their value. So I think for small businesses, the most common one we see is the diminishing value. It's like if you buy a laptop, isn't it? You know, laptop's probably gonna last you three, four years of a useful life. So, but you lose all of its value in the first year, don't you really? Yep, so exactly right. And, then half um, that, yeah. and so the ordinarily um, in the past, um, the threshold for capitalizing those costs as an asset was uh, $500 uh, per asset, or if you're buying a large group of assets and you stack them all together, um, that, $500 threshold has been increased to $5,000 for the 2021 financial year, which means uh, that if you're purchasing assets up to the value of 5K, you can expense them now in this financial year without having to uh, recognize that cost as depreciation in future right. years. Therefore, that's going to reduce your net profit um, and ultimately reduce your tax bill at the end of the year. What does that do? We're probably going to get a little bit technical here, but what does that then do for almost like your financial reporting with the uh, or with the bank, because you're still going to have an asset schedule in your business. Yep. Still going to have a value. Let's say, you know, well, the most fun way of spending four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine dollars is probably some kind of motorbike, right? So yep. I go buy this motorbike, ride it around, have fun, fall off, decide I need to sell it. But <laughs> let's say that's worth three grand when I come to sell it. Yep. What's going to happen to me then if I've expensed it all? Yeah, I think that's that's going to be really interesting. Um, and to be honest, we haven't we obviously haven't had any situations like that just yet. Um, but 
ordinarily the expense that you've already recognised costs for it. Um, if you go to sell it um, because it hasn't gone through your balance sheet, I'd suggest that it's probably just going to be revenue, a normal a normal case of revenue. But um, I'd like to see some more guidance on that. Yeah. yeah. There's going to be loads of unknowns around that. I think just in general over the past you know, several weeks, there's been a lot that's come out. Um, they've had to pump it out in a pretty quick period of time. Yeah. Um, and then they're now back again, kind of thinking about those things and what they mean. Yeah. Because there's always been a really common misconception, um, and I suppose I'm speaking to, to the audience here, that, um, oh, I'm going to have a tax bill coming up this year, so I better go and buy some big expensive stuff to reduce my tax bill. And historically, you go spend... 20 grand on your trailer, you go spend, you know, 10 grand or whatever on a new ute, but then you still get whacked with this tax bill because basically all you've done is spend a bit of money on some assets that actually uh, you still got the value of it. So um, I've seen and heard of many people that have really got themselves unstuck here because they just thought, oh, I went and spent some money, I shouldn't have tax to pay, but now you've now got tax and no cash because you spent it on the thing that you didn't need to buy. Yeah, I guess you've just got to be careful what you buy. Like things like motor vehicles, they do have a short, useful life, so you do get to claim that depreciation back pretty quickly over you know, three or four years. Mm. Um, I'd suggest if you are looking at buying um, assets under $5,000 at the moment, this year's a really good year to do it because you do get that benefit up front. Mm. Um, so with this price, we do see a lot of, a lot of companies um, out there spending that money, and I guess that's what that's what the government want to see. They want to see that, see that money being uh, spent. There's that incentive for small businesses to go and do it. Yeah, perfect. All right, great. And um, Monica, I think you'd had another question as well, hadn't you, for Ben? Yeah, no, um, uh, one of the other things that's come into effect is the loss carryback rule. Sure. Um, get to elaborate a little bit on that. Cool. Um, so, You've got a temporary loss carryback at the moment, and they're thinking about extending it permanent, but we haven't seen much about that yet. Um, ordinarily, um, if you make if your business makes a profit in a, in a year, uh, sorry, if it makes a loss in a year, generally you can only carry forward those losses to offset future profits. Um, what they've uh, done with this tax loss carryback scheme is, uh, if you make a loss in the 2020 financial year. Uh, you're able to carry that back to offsetting the profits in the 2019 financial year. So let's say you made a, you made a loss of 100k in, in 2020, uh, but you made a profit in 2019 of 100k. If you're a company, you would have paid uh, 28 cents in the dollar, so you would have paid about $28,000 worth of tax. Now, because you can carry back that 100k to offset that 100k profit, um, you've got a net profit of nil, you've got a tax bill of nil, but you've paid 28k in tax, so you get that cash back. Um, similarly, for the 2021 financial year, at the moment we're kind of we're able to kind of uh, estimate what we think those losses might be if there are going to be losses, and use that to offset any uh, profits from the 2020 financial year. Um, there are risks around that in terms of getting it right, and I suggest yeah. kind of delay that to later in the year to try and make those kind of estimations. Because um, if we get it wrong, we'll be looking at things like uh, use of money interest. A um, couple of other things just to be aware of is the shareholder continuity rules. So you need to, I think, for a, a it's just a company you need uh, 49% shareholder continuity. Yeah. If it's a group, I think it's about 66%. Um, the other thing you need to be aware of is if you pay a dividend out during the year to get rid of some of those profits that you had in previous years, uh, some of the imputation credits attached to that tax that you pay uh, would have been paid out as part of those dividends. Um, so you just need to make sure that if you have paid a dividend, there's enough imputation credits sitting there for you to, make, for you to carry that 
So if your business was adversely affected by COVID um, over the um, towards the end of the 2020 financial year, it might be worth trying to see if you can carry back any. Yeah, 100%. Uh, if you're, I'd, I'd strongly recommend any kind of clients who are talking to your, talking to your tax agents just to understand where you might be and then we'll be processing uh, in your accounts throughout the year. But if you think you've got a loss, um, please do get in touch yeah. and look at that urgently and see if we can get you some cash back. And, and when you were just um, talking in a bit of a foreign language know, there, yeah, yeah. For, um, <laughs> for the people watching, um, and honestly, like this is this is second nature to you. Yeah. Um, and I know uh, I just went through an exercise where um, bought shares in a business, and therefore one of the shareholders was leaving, and I got this thing to sign, and it looked like. I was getting money, and um, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" So this is like tax back. We made a loss, blah, blah, blah. and then I, I signed it and handed it to Cam, and I was like, "Does this mean that I get some money?" You know, no, 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 they're imputation credits. But well, what are they? You know, like it's um, so it, it there are um, the, it, it's really tricky to know. This is where I would say, you know, go speak to uh, your professional uh, tax advisors on this stuff because it's going to be re a really sad day if it turns out you've gone and sold you know a partner thought oh this is too tough i'm selling out i'm out and you go yep yeah, that's fine you buy the business for a dollar or whatever it might be or a hundred thousand dollars you buy it you're now the sole shareholder you go and try and take use of this because cash flow is really tight well actually you can't do it because you don't have that continuity or that consistency in the shareholding that's required. And so um, you're, you're basically giving away those losses, aren't you? Or, or that access to that loss. But I am, um, oh no, only because I've been on the wrong side of, <laughs> of, of getting that information and not knowing it. So um, yeah, but. Again, it does. It just ties back to having having conversations, and don't make those rash decisions. Um, they are pretty much never rewarded, are they, in business? Yeah, I mean, please get in contact before you do things like that. Often we hear, you know, about those things halfway through the process or maybe towards the end. So much better to know in advance that we can advise you properly before you make perhaps a mistake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, yeah. thank you so much for joining us, Ben. Um, hopefully, hopefully that didn't get too technical. I've got my character. It got exciting in the middle there, talking like, about imputation credits. Uh, time flies when you're talking accounting and tax. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, if you're picking up what Ben is putting down, as always, feel free to get in touch um, and drop him some questions in the comments. And later on, actually, we'll be putting up a poll to see um, what sort of industry um, interviews you'd like us to do going forward. Uh, so keep an eye out for that. But see you next week, same time, same place. <laughs>